you found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Bulls getting their goon again. This time, in Pat Beverly, we're going to talk about what that means for the Bulls roster. We're going to get into all that and more Sorry, right Pat. after this. I, you, you is a goon, Pat. You is a goon. It's just, it, it's not you. It's something else. It's something else. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Every moment, uh, make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. That's Pat, the designer, host, and creator of the Windy City Breeze. The Breeze has been killing it, by the way, brother. I got to give you your kudos over there. What what you're building over there with the Breeze. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. And Pat. Finally, it came down earlier today. Russell Westbrook decided to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, And then a few hours after that, we got news. The Bulls have signed or will be signing Patrick Beverly. Now, hey, do you think this means this came down to the wire as far as the Bulls maybe thinking that they did have a a, a chance, a realistic chance of signing Russell Westbrook with just how the timing of everything went? And then what do you think that Pat is going to actually bring to this roster? Um, I, I think that, yeah, the, the, the bulls are waiting on the rust news for sure. Um, so I, I foresaw signing somebody pretty soon after we found out that Russ got signed to the Clippers. I didn't know it was going to be literally the same day. Um, mm. and, and I mean, rightfully so, right? Like Russ out of the three point guards that we've talked about is the best point guard that was left on the market. Pat for Bev sure. coming back home. We love it. Uh, I, I think that Pat Bev is going to bring, uh, a toughness. And and my my favorite thing about this is what Woj said, right? I, I talked about it in my video today. Woj was talking about uh, Patrick Beverly, not in the light of coming here to just make plays. He talked about what the Bulls want Patrick Beverly to bring is some ferocity to the court. Hold up. Let it marinate. And the locker room. So that says a lot about what this team is now is Patrick Beverly coming in here and going to be this lights out player for the Chicago Bulls is he going to come in here and be this dominant score this dominant facilitator no no <laughs> no right like but here's the thing mentality can mean a lot and the one thing that I know about Pat Bev is Pat Bev has never missed the playoffs he's talked about never wanting to miss the playoffs in his career he whether he goes far or not right like he's never missed the playoffs so you know he's going to come in with that drive I think that he could be a really good locker room guy here in the sense of trying to help set the Chicago culture for everybody who's upset about the Bulls and them not showing heart with Chicago across their chest he from here he not going to sit here and not play hard for this city. And he's not going to stand for people not playing hard for his city. And the, the one thing, uh, even on top of that, right, like Pat Bev this season, eh, kind of okay. He's been he's been a little up and down, six points per game, whatever it is, right? But in his last five, right, shot the three ball better, 44% from the three-point line, um, still the, uh, being a defensive pest, still going to bring those things right and uh, just, just my biggest thing is he's actually a point guard, a defensive point guard, but actually a point guard. And I think that 
that to me is very telling of one, what the Bulls feel they need, and two, how the Bulls are just trying to get through the rest of this season. I don't think Pat Bev starts. I think Io is still in a position probably to be the starting point guard on this team, but I think Pat Bev sees a lot of time on the floor just trying to help set a culture here. Yeah, I mean, I do think he's going to play, and I think he's going to – it may be this thing between if we actually need shooting and if we need some tough defense, maybe it's it's him and him and Goran kind of splitting that role a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I do think you bring somebody in who still can play at a, at a decently high level. Uh, like I said, not coming in the store. And it's, this isn't a, a world beater. Now, me and you both have said, and I'm going to ask you this because we have to maintain consistency, at least talk about our previous thoughts. We've always talked about how coming in and having somebody try to set your culture or your your tone yeah. as a buyout is hard. There's 23 games left in the season. Now we know what Pat Bev is. We know how intense he is. You already said from the city, he understands he's going to help set that. But are, are you concerned at all if if it's going to stick? Considering the players could possibly look at him and be like, "Dude, you here for 20 games?" I think Pat Bev's the kind of play. To me, right, Russ coming in would have been a guy that's been in the system, and so you would have had to kind of look to him and say, "Hey." he knows what he's doing in this system mm. and we kind of just got to follow suit there. But if he comes in here and he tried to rock the boat too much, it is what it is. Pat Bev's an irritant. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pat Bev is a guy that's like, like, hey, listen, th this is, this is how I feel about it. Zach, you playing soft, man, Pat, shut up. No, you playing soft. Pat, leave me alone. No, you're playing soft. Stop being weak. All of a sudden, you got a guy in the room that's not just going to sit there and let you get away with it because you're the highest paid player on the team. Remember, Pat Bev is the dude that said, I'm going to go to L.A. and LeBron's playing with me, which was hilarious to say, right? <laughs> and and I'm, I'm going to be direct and stuff. And then, like, you'd watch the floor, and when Pat Bev had the ball in his hands, like he'd be like, Brian, go over there. Yeah. And Brian would go over there. And so while I'm not saying, right, I'm not saying that he was the bigger player with LeBron. I'm not saying none of that, right? But what I am saying is that he brings a cachet. He brings respect. He brings an ability to literally not let up at anything he does. And I think that the fact that he's playing for his hometown, his city of Chicago, he cried for Minnesota. What I are would you cry do in here? Minnesota, too. <laughs> I would cry in Minnesota, too. Um Quote from Pat Bev on his podcast about joining the Chicago Bulls. I figured I could make a playoff push with the Bulls. Pump them up a little bit. I'm excited, man. I get to rep my city on my chest. Yeah. Sweet home, Chicago. Um, they got to play homecoming to his first game in the UC. Uh, but with that said. <laughs> we going that hard. We going that hard. Yeah. We I, gotta, feel we, like, I feel like we need a little like uh, finito when, when Pat Bev shows up. You know I, what I okay. mean? Like, I, I we feel we that. need to go a little bit harder. Like, I feel you know that. What I, mean? I feel that. I feel that. Uh, but I do, I do like the. I, I, I mean, I love this signing for the team overall. Like, I and had this been like an offseason signing, I would have loved it as well. I just don't know how much this moves the needle. It really comes down to it is like that voice in the locker room. If that's truly what this team needs to kind of wake up and stop yeah. getting down on themselves, we've talked about the body language of the players. They seem kind of checked out. If Patrick Beverly coming in with that voice, that that heart that he plays this game with because he loves the game of basketball and he loves the city of Chicago, if that helps wake this team up because we know it's not going to he's not going to be the type of player that is it on the floor he's going to do some things on the floor but 
if that voice in the locker room really hits and resonates with these players, um, I do think that we can see a resurgence from the Bulls in a way. I'm not saying that all of a sudden the Bulls are going to go on this 15 out of 20 game tear or anything like that, but I do think that that body language issue that we've been seeing from this team starts changing a little bit. Does he, does he, and because here's the thing, right? Dalen, Dalen's probably going to be again, right? Even after a couple of games, probably going to be the odd man out now. Yeah. Does he give us that energy that Dalen Terry gave us? Does he does he invoke this team the way that Dalen Terry? Because Dalen getting on the court was a little bit of like, hey, I'm bringing this energy, but it also was like, oh, our young bull is actually showing us something in the NBA. Mm-hmm. We proud of, we run it with, you know what I mean? Pat Bev is, yeah, he's from Chicago, but he ain't he ain't never been, I don't think he's been on the team with any of the guys on this team. Maybe, maybe Gorn? Maybe Gorn. I, Pat Bev was in to Toronto, wasn't he? Wasn't Pat Bev in Toronto? Uh, I don't think Pat Bev has ever played in Toronto. I thought Pat Bev was in Toronto. No, so he's thought... played in Houston, uh, the Clippers, Minnesota, and the Lakers. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. So yeah. he's so he's played with nobody. My point is, nobody. you don't have that relationship built up. Yeah. With these guys in there, right? So you can come in there, you can yell, you can scream, but like, does does the intensity that he brings equate to what the intensity that we've seen from the young bull on the court, right? Like, does that does that keep the Bulls to a higher standard? I think so, but and I also think as long as Derrick Jones Jr. and Javante are both still hurt, I still think we may see a little bit at least in these first couple of games. But we don't know when Pat Bev is going to make his debut. Bulls don't play again until Friday, so it's very possible he could take the court. Then, yeah. um, but I think we still that we may have some overlap to where we still get to see a little bit of Dalen Terry with Pat Bev, and I tell you what, having having young Dalen Terry out there with Pat Bev running, I'm not mad at that potential at all. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how how the roster and the rotations are shaking up when Javante if he comes. We were supposed to hear something four to six weeks from Javante. We're almost at the ten week mark. Haven't heard nothing. Alonzo's uh, uh, contagious, apparently. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, I think think here's the thing at the end of the day. Your hope is not that Patrick Beverly comes in here and plays like a superstar. No one's expecting that. Your hope is that Patrick Beverly comes in here and lights a Chicago fire under the team. And and, and that's all you're hoping for. That's literally all we're going into. We're like, hey, Pat, go piss somebody off in there because apparently nobody in there is pissed off at nobody and they didn't lost six oh, no. games in I the goddamn row. If we don't know anything else, we come out of this season, I guarantee you an exit means we're going to ha- hear from Patrick Beverly. Oh, Zach hates Billy. Like that's what it's going to be. Like we're going to know everything. We don't have all the tea. He's literally going to be like, Oh, Oh, Pat, Pat, I mean, uh, DeMar and Zach hate each other. Like it's, it's going to be everything. Bro, we don't know everything. Bro, bro, Pat, Pat F you, F you, F you, you're cool, F you. <laughs> but all right, next up, we're going to talk about who could possibly be cut to make room for Patrick Beverly. But before we do that, we got to talk to you uh, about our sponsor, FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and threes drain. Uh, Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
All right, Pat. We got a, it's a lot of Pats now. We got Patrick Williams. We got Pat Bev. We got Pat the Designer. So many Pats. Um, but so now with Patrick Beverly on his way in, it means that somebody has to be on their way out. We want to make a case for or against cutting a couple of players. Uh, who do you want to start off with? I, I see Drakic in the chat. I see Tony Bradley in the chat. Um, the player that that I'm looking to cut, and uh, hot takey as it may be or whatever, but you're not going to use him. He's useless on this team. He's taking up a roster spot. He's taking up a two-way deal. Why is Marco Simonovic still a Chicago Bull? Well, he's not on a two-way deal. He's just on an actual contract. He's on an so, actual contract. Yeah, actual contract. Up and down. So why, 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 is, why is Marco Simonovic on the team? You're, you're because... not going to play him. You're not going to run him out there. Like, he literally, like, the, Tony Bradley shot a three. <laughs> Tony Bradley shot a three-pointer from a Dalen Terry pass, by the way. Dalen Terry, he, he got the dimer badge. Everybody jump shot, go up. Tony Bradley made a three. There's no point for Marco Simonovic to be on this team. Let's let that dream die. Let's let him, right, like him, him coming out and being the, oh, my God, he's going to turn into this European great that we, he's not. He can't get on the floor. Now, every is time he, you, is now, he going to be Larry Markkinen somewhere in the future? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'll eat my words there. But you know what? There's no point in him being on this team. I, and I understand the logic in it because you're, you're simply saying, hey, this is a piece that is on a guaranteed contract that we are not using. Now, he does have one more year left on this contract, so that means the Bulls will be eating that whole last year. But I understand the merit in that, right? I, I completely understand that he's not performing. We don't even it, – it seems like he's not – he's so far down the rotation that when the Bulls need size, they literally like – uh, 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 the seven foot guy? No, get him out of here. We don't need him. Why, why would we bring in the seven foot guy? Um, Billy Donovan doesn't know who he is. Well, all, all those jokes. But they I do put think Dragic on DJJ's shoulder <laughs> to stimulate a European guy being seven feet tall instead of putting Marco Simonovic in the game. Oh man, I mean, plays. I will say this: I don't, I don't think that it's completely out the realm of possibility. Now, I do think that what we've seen from this front office is kind of reluctant to give up on players that they drafted, but it's a second round pick. Yeah. Listen, most second round picks don't make the NBA anyway, so they uh, completely understand it. Now, it seems like the more likely candidates are going to be Goran Dragic or Tony Bradley. I'm going to make the argument here. I love Goran Dragic, right? What, what he has brought here has been great when he plays. He's unhealthy now. He doesn't play very many minutes. Um, and I do think there's a possibility that it could be Goran Dragic. I think more likely is going to be Tony Bradley. But um, even then, it's like, I, I mean, at this point, does it even matter? Like, real, real talk, honestly. Do, do you do you see it hurting the Bulls out of the three players that we brought up between Marco Simonovic, who we know is not hurting, we, we, he doesn't even play. He's cooking in the G League, it's but that don't the matter. City Bulls. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's any one of the uh, any one of those three players though that negatively impact the Bulls in a major way as we look to finish the season? Major, no. But I think having Goran Dragic would be a nice asset because um, Goran can facilitate. I think with bringing in Pat Bev. Uh, and especially with how Billy Donovan loves to run small ball lineups. Uh, mm. We'll we'll see a lineup with Goran Dragic and Pat Bev. You can bet your money on that, my boy. <laughs> you Take can that bet. to the bank. Hey, Goran Dragic will be playing center, but we'll see that lineup. So I, Over I think, Marco Simonovic. <laughs> over Marco Simonovic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marco's got no shot, bro. 
Uh, fam, Marco had so many highlights in that France game, bro. Like they, he had so many talking roles. And I was like, I didn't know this dude had a voice. Um, but, but no, I, I think that you'll see some, some time with Goran Dragic and, and Pat Bev on the floor splitting a little bit. So, so ne- neither of them has to run a ton of minutes. Now here's the thing. Pat Bev is still playing 30 minutes a game. So he's still in really, really good game shape. He, he has, yeah. He's played 45 games this season. He's playing 25 to 30 minutes a game. So it's not like you're not getting a guy that can't take on that workload. I think it lessens Dragic's workload that allows him to come in, be able to facilitate maybe a little bit more, pass the ball a little bit better, shoot the ball a little bit better because he doesn't have to worry about anything basically defensively at that point. And um, I think that he's more of an asset to your team. I think that would hurt you more. None of them hurt you majorly, right? Like, I mean, if we lose any of them, I mean, like, what are we missing? The Tony Bradley knocking down a three at the end of the game. Like, that would be great if it was like when we had Brian Scalabrini and he was like the human victory cigar for us. But it's not the case, right? We're losing a lot of these games. So yeah. um, I wouldn't get rid of Dragic because I think he's actually – I think he actually can be an asset to this team. I know Especially he's been the, the guy that's been we are. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and out of all – right, like, he's the one that has playoff experience. And, and he also – he also is the one that that gets helps Drummond get in rhythm offensively. If you look at some of Drummond's best buckets, they come off Goran Dragic dime. So, I I I, I don't want to see Goran Dragic leave. I do understand that it is a possibility, but um, bro, I don't know. I think you just sold me on Marcus Kamonovich needs to be the one, bro. It's, no, it's just I, here's the thing. I I wanted. I thought Marco had. More game, I thought he had to develop some things. I, I thought that there was some game there that could have been utilized. Maybe Billy Donovan really does just hate him. I don't know. But yeah. the, the one thing that I, I will say is that the best we've seen of Marco is never in actual NBA action. And going to the G League hasn't increased his ability to get on the floor at the worst time, right? Like, at least we can say when we were down to, like, seven guys – Billy mm-hmm. said, well, we got to play the kid. Dalen, go in there. And Dalen made an impact. Yeah. Like, there's nothing Marco could have shown you. Now, granted, he hasn't had a ton of time on the floor. I'm not saying that he has. But you, there's, there's nothing he's shown you in practice. There's nothing he's shown you leading up to the game. There's nothing for you to say, yeah, I'm going to throw him out there because he's tall. Not even that. The, Tony Bradley gets those minutes. Yeah, he less, the, less this season, but last season, absolutely. Yeah, that's just so, wild. Tony actually, that, that's the weird thing about Billy. Mugs will play all right, and Billy will be like, mm, You'll never see the floor again. Like, not impressed. That's, that's the part. He's, he's, he's Timmy's dad from Fairly Odd Parents. Not impressed. Not, not impressed. impressed. Not impressed. <laughs> um, and, he, and he looks at Marco and just goes, Dinkelberg. <laughs> <laughs> That was golden. That was golden. That's funny, oh. bro. That's funny. Um, so the, the final before we go, when the Bulls take the court Friday, is Goran Dragic on the roster? I think Goran will be on the roster. I is think Tony Bradley that, on I the roster. Tony might be gone because of what you said. The Bulls like to hold on to their picks. 
And I think that I hope not. Right. I really hope this isn't the case. But I think that there might be a little like, man, maybe we shouldn't have let Lowry go going on around that building. Yeah, right I think that's going on a lot a in the building. Bit. So yeah. now they're just like, we can't let none of these dudes go. <laughs> we hold on to everybody. We're two first round picks. By the way, Pat Bev, uh, this this uh, Daniel Greenberg just tweeted this out. I haven't had a chance to listen to Pat Bev's latest podcast yet, but Daniel Greenberg just tweeted this out from his pod. He chose the Chicago Bulls over going to the Golden State Warriors. State Warriors. Yeah. Wild. He he wanted to be here. Hey, let's hope it pays maybe, off. Tristan wanted, wanted to be, to be here, here too. <laughs> Tristan didn't have many options. This is the only state that he didn't have a kid in, so he can avoid child support. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's tough. Next up, we're gonna be talking about lots of balls. Future has a Chicago Bull. <laughs> All right. So, amongst all this point guard talk, we do have a point guard that we're currently paying $20 million to, who, uh, by all reports, is still expected to be officially shut down for the rest of the season, which we've already kind of talked about. And we've also talked about how the Bulls need to always spend a decent amount of money on a backup point guard because you can never bet on lines of ball. I mean, you were talking on the phone earlier today. I presented this topic to you. I'm going to throw it here officially on the pod to you. Um, Do you think that depending on what the Bulls do with this roster, they are really trying to make a a push and try to put together this team that really can be this team that goes on, on deep playoff runs. If Lonzo Ball is not healthy at the start of the season, do you think the Bulls should consider trading Lonzo Ball's contract to free up some of that cap space? Because I've talked about it here. I've talked about it over in Bulls Central. The Bulls were just nine players guaranteed or sit at $13 million over the salary cap. Under still still under the luxury tax, but over the salary cap, you can free that up considerably, which could give you money to sign, re-sign a Kobe and an IO. Do you think the Bulls may explore that option? Not necessarily saying that that's, the, that that's a goal coming into the offseason, but do you think, depending on if they can retool on the fly in a major way, that they look to just get out of that Lonzo Ball contract as best they can? Is it... Realistically, no. I like the idea of it, I guess, but realistically, no. And I, I think that the the part here is that you've already paid him for two seasons. He it, It's a lost cause at this point. He's got the knee, knee injury concerns. You know you have to go out and address the point guard position yet again. You got mm-hmm. some, some guys on the end of the bench that it's okay if you eat their money to cut them, right? Tony Bradley goes, boom, he's done. Dragic is probably going at the end of the season, okay. Right, like okay. The, there's there's some some money you can make up to maybe go find a, a sufficient point guard. But at this point, don't you have to at least see if the weight was worth it? Well, bro, you've been all over every every social media platform that you have saying this contract was a waste. Oh, it's, 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 it's a, here's the thing. It's a terrible signing for sure. Yeah. It's a terrible signing because and, and I, I I do need to clarify this because I literally have just said he played 33 games in two years. It's a terrible signing. Yeah. It's a terrible signing because you came into this knowing what the injury concerns around Lonzo's knees were because he's had injuries on every team he's played for. This is true. And so do I like him when he's on the court? 100%. Yeah. But you knew that there was a chance he wasn't going to be on the court. And so now you're taking that chance of, hey, 
this could be really, really good or really, really bad. It has turned out to be really, really bad. But I think at this point, you've got there, there's there was right. I, I don't know what it is anymore. But remember, we did get the report that he was guaranteed to return in 2023. December 2023? December sure. 30, 2023. For sure, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, possibly. But if you feel like there's any way that he can get back on the court, can you move off of it? That, well, that's the thing is that because even when he does get back. And again, do they let me, still let me, feel that way? I let guess me, let, me, really let me be clear here. Yeah. In no way am I saying that Lonzo Ball's career is over with. And I, if, no. if Lonzo Ball, if they have any in, indication or inclination that Lonzo Ball is going to be able to come back and be Lonzo sooner rather than later, you keep Lonzo Ball. But if there's still this start and stop, if there's still this ramp up and you can't go, at some point you have to cut your losses. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And I hope that Lonzo does make a comeback wherever he's going to, wherever he goes. I really hope that he, I really hope that he does. But just for the business aspect of it, if it gets into next offseason and you are a month, two months out from training camp and you don't have an unequivocal, yes, Lonzo's going to be ready to go by training camp, I think you may start looking at some things, bro. I think the question is then there, like, okay, we're looking at something. How do you move on? I mean, that's the thing, too, is that if you move, it's going to have to be to a team that's rebuilding, right? And then at that point, the Bulls are going to probably have to, like, they're going to have to incentivize the team to take them. The only benefit that the Bulls can get back is maybe a young player back, maybe a pick swap. I don't know. But the way that I'm looking at it in this case is that the Bulls bring back as minimal salary as possible, maybe some non-guaranteed contracts to free up them doing some other things. That's really the only way I could look at it because it's I don't see anybody giving anything back of value for Lonzo Ball right now if in the scenario that we're painting, there's still not a clear timeline for him to return. And so in that situation, doesn't it hurt you more to actually move them? You got to eat the money. You mm-hmm. got to give up capital to move them. Where well, you're, eat, you're eating this money anyway. You're eating you the money eat the anyway. Money. But you if, you, give up if you have capital to use to move If you them. clearly have something that somebody you can go after with that that space, yeah. then it's worth it. Because at that point, it, it depends. Like, because keep in mind, the Bulls can have $13 million in cap space this season, true cap space, yeah. plus a $10 million mid-level exception. But the yeah. thing that always harpens the Bulls from using that full mid-level exception is that we know this ownership group does not want to go into the luxury tax. If you can move Lonzo Ball and that team eats most of that salary to where you're, you're bringing back either non-guaranteed or, or you're bringing back lesser salary, then that really does open up the financial spending for AK to do some more things. Now, again, in this scenario that we're painting, he would have to have a clear target in mind already that he wants to go after with that money. If that player's not out in free agency, you might as well keep it at that point. Yeah, and, so. and I think that's the thing, right? Like, there's so many things that have to fall into place to say clear cut, yeah, you, I, I'd be on board with moving on from Lonzo in that capacity because to me, right, like at this point, you you would have to eat the money anyway. You'd have to give up capital unless you have that player in place. I could use that capital to maybe go find Lonzo's replacement. I need a point mm-hmm. guard. I still need a point guard, right? Like Patrick Beverly's not going to be here next year. I hope he plays well enough that the Chicago Bulls look at him and be like, you're exactly what we needed in this position for the next three years of your career, you, you'll be playing at home, right? Mm-hmm. I hope he plays well enough for that. He gets the scoring up to 10 points. It's probably not going to happen. So I need that capital to go into the draft and say, hey, um, we've got a point guard now that we can put into here. Uh, yes, we, we've got 
other pieces that we still need to go out there and fight, right? Like I, I, I think that, and me and you talked about this, and this, this may, this may be a little hot takey, but I think that the Chicago Bulls right now have built a team that is meant to be competitive, mm-hmm. while they try to get to a point where they find their next superstar, very much like the team that AK is from. The Denver Nuggets. Denver, Nuggets. Denver yeah. always put competitive teams on the floor, but they never put great teams on the floor because they never had a great player. The only time the Denver, well, they had Carmelo Anthony, right? Like that, that's that's a different era, but I'm saying since AK's been there. Um, the only time that you saw them start to put great players on the floor was when they drafted the dude in the second round that's now the two-time Probably should be three-time MVP. But we'll fair. see what the the NBA actually does. I think that the Bulls right now are just like, no, we're not going to suck for 10 years until we find our superstar. We're going to be competitive. We may not win, but we're going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And then once we find that guy, hopefully it's P. Will. Maybe it's Io. Maybe it's Dalen Terry. Whoever it is. Maybe it's some dude that ain't been drafted Marco yet. Marco Simonovich. Maybe it's Marco. He doesn't get cut. He's getting cut. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that that's kind of the situation that we're in right now. And does that suck? A little bit until you find Nikola Jokic. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, and it, I mean, it, it's really, a, a, I, I agree with that. I mean, you've talked about that. I think, you know, and being realistic about what this front office is going to do. And I know a lot of Bulls fans are calling for rebuild. It's not coming. Not with this front office, not with the, with, AK's mindset on how he likes to build teams. So, um, and and there is something to be said. We've seen Jonathan Isaac. He was out of basketball for almost three years. He's looking pretty good in this time. He's coming along pretty slowly. So it's not all over for Lonzo. It really just depends on, like, I just don't think we can go through another training camp and be like, hey, by the way, Lonzo ain't ready to go again. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think there's a lot of situations that have to come into place for it at the end of the day. But I... I, I, as much ability as Lonzo Ball has, I've said this a million times over on the breeze. I don't know if I've said it enough here, but your best ability will always be availability. And Lonzo Ball hasn't given us that. 33 games for $40 million, bro. That's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know how to tell you this. It's, it's not good. You know, we, we, he's getting paid over a million dollars a game. He's played 33 games. He's made $40 million. That's wild, bro. Let's go, Bulls. <laughs> oh, man. They should have never gave this dude a, a sound. They should have never gave me a soundboard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dangerous out here now. <laughs> <laughs> never gave. <laughs> and y'all thought I was abusing the soundboard. By the way. Uh, who's that really tall ball boy? Uh... That's Billy Donovan looking at Marco Simonovich. Um, but that is it, Pat. Unless you got anything left today, man, that's it for today's episode. Bro. Hey, man, follow me on everything at Locked, or follow us both on everything at Locked On Bulls. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. Appreciate y'all for showing love. You can follow me at Reggie's mom. I'm sorry, uh, CEO Hayes at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Bulls and making this your first listen today. Now for your second listen, go and check out Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. For Pat the Designer, I'm, I'm Hayes. This is Locked On Bulls. Peace, y'all.
Peace. <laughs>